0: May the peace of Christ be with you. This is Molly Vetter, Senior Pastor of the Westwood United Methodist Church in Los Angeles. Welcome to our Sanctuary Gathering podcast. Here we share the sermon preached on Sunday as a part of our Sanctuary Gathering. We hope that in these words you will be drawn closer to God and made more ready to love your neighbor. As a congregation, we embrace the words of the Hebrew prophet that are etched into the stairs that lead to our building. A calling to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. We also believe that we're a richer congregation for the diversity of people who participate in our community, and we celebrate the diversity of age, race, gender identity, and sexual orientation that participate in our church. You are welcome in this place, and we hope you will participate we invite you to do your own theology, to wrestle with questions of faith as we seek out what it means to be faithful Christians today. You're welcome to join us not only by listening in to this podcast, but we also invite you to join in our congregational life. Every Sunday, you're welcome to join us for worship at 930 a.m. You can join us in our beautiful sanctuary in Los Angeles at the corner of Warner and Wilshire, or online via our church Facebook page. All are welcome in our midst, and we thank you for being a part of our church. May these moments be a blessing to you today.
1: The first scripture reading for Second Sunday of Lent comes from the Book of Psalms, Chapter 22, verses from 23rd and to 31st. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My my vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second reading, a gospel reading, comes from the 14th chapter of Matthew. I invite you to listen for the word of God. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, You are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O holy God, may my words and our thoughts and our lives reflect the fullness and beauty of your grace. We pray in your holy name. Amen. As you likely know, during this season of Lent, we're following a journey that follows Peter, this disciple of Jesus who both showed courageous faith and was the one who denied Jesus. In his wandering heart, we find space to put our own lives and experiences next to this holy scripture, an invitation to reflect on our own journeys of faith. I hope that you are using the devotional that's available. There's print copies here that you can pick up today and an online version. The link to it is in the e-news. It's an invitation to continue this reflection as we ponder how we see ourselves, how we see an invitation to faithfulness in Peter's journey. The themes for every Sunday are lyrics taken from the familiar hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. So today it's Rescue Me From Danger, which you can hear set to a tune if you know that hymn, an invitation to know a God who saves, which is kind of how we describe our faith, right? Jesus saves, the neon sign says, as it spins around on the top of the building. Salvation is a fundamental foundational part of our understanding of Jesus' gift to the world. But when we think about how it is that Jesus saves, what it is that Jesus saves us from, sometimes that peace gets a little lost. In this story, a story of faithfulness and disaster, we encounter Peter and the other disciples sent out to sea as Jesus goes up a mountain to pray. There in that small boat, they face danger, the wind and the waves And in that moment of uncertainty and fear, Jesus comes to them walking on water. There's such this interesting rhythm in this story. They were together, and then Jesus sent them apart. He went up the mountain to pray, and then they went out to sea. He came to them on the water, and Peter, in trying to believe and absorb the gift of the reality that Jesus is there with him, steps out onto the water, walking on water with Jesus, and then his doubt in his own ability to walk on water in the incredible unlikeliness of the moment causes him to sink. And again, there's this separation, but he calls out for rescue, And Jesus reaches out a hand, and he is saved. Often, we talk about this as a moment of Peter experiencing doubt, which is true, but the doubt was primarily in his own ability to be doing this thing, because in his moment of crisis, he seems to have never doubted Jesus' ability to save him, right? It's Jesus that he calls out to, to rescue him when he's sinking, the story is this beautiful rhythm of uh, separation and togetherness, of trust and belief in this incredible possibility of what we can do in God in our own uncertainty and doubt. It's a story that includes in it the uncertainty of life in this world, the reality of times when we literally are or feel like we are in a small boat when the waves are so large. I think of so many. People and places who are this day in the midst of personal danger and calamity that makes us feel vulnerable. Whether it be our own experiences of loss and grief that remind us of how fragile and vulnerable we are as humans, our own brush with mortality, our own holding of grief, or broader collective struggles we hold as we try to navigate a changing climate and endure relentless rains here in Los Angeles. It's been two years since the war in Ukraine began. And just last week, a young non-binary student in Oklahoma died after facing bullying in school the reality of a lack of safety for so many people is real and tangible and visceral and deep. So when we read the story today of those disciples on that boat, it doesn't have to feel distant or theoretical. As we hear the invitation of Jesus inviting us to be people who walk on water, maybe we can dare to believe that another world is possible, that we can do incredible things. During this Black History Month, I've been trying to read stories of people that have been mostly forgotten from our story. This week, it was the story of a young girl named Claudette Colvin, who at the age of 15, refused to give up a seat on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama, in March of 1955. This was nine months before Rosa Parks would similarly refused to give up her seat for a white person who boarded that bus in Montgomery. Claudette Colvin was 15 and was headed to her segregated high school. The bus was crowded and enough white people got on the bus that she was legally expected to give up her seat, but she refused. As she describes it, she said, she felt the hand of Harriet Tubman on one of her shoulders and the hand of Sojourner Truth on the other, holding her down in that seat, telling her not to move. As I was thinking about those hands holding her firm in that seat. It seemed not entirely different to me than that hand that Jesus reached out to Peter when he began to sink, pulling him back into the boat. A kind of rescue that gives us the strength to persevere toward what is right, even in the midst of danger and threat and the storms of the world. Claddick Colvin was uh, arrested and charged with a variety of crimes, including disorderly conduct and assault and a police officer, and released. But her case was not chosen by the community to become the prominent case that everyone drew attention to. Uh, but she was a part of a building momentum in the world that would finally recognize the injustice and oppression built into policies of segregation. I think of that image, the courage of a 15 year old who was listening to the elders around her describing the call of the moment, helping her understand her constitutional right helping her know the ancestors whose shoulders she stood on in that moment, who pressed on her shoulders in that moment to stand firm. I think so often the rescue that comes from Jesus comes in the form of our communities, of our neighbors, of fellow church members, of the generations who've gone before us in this work. I was thinking of a particular story that Maya Angelou wrote a long time ago that was in my mind, and so I pulled the book off my shelf. It's in her book, Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. And I opened the front page and saw an inscription inside and remembered that this is a book given to me by a couple in the church I grew up in on the occasion of my high school graduation. And I felt their shoulders, their hands on my shoulder a sort of reminder that we stand in these communities. There's not always physical objects that remind us of our connection, but that we stand as a continuity of generations that are invested in listening to the voice of God and calling us to be the kind of people who dare to live courageous love and deep faith and step out of boats on stormy seas for the sake of trusting what God is doing. Anyway, in this book... This book of personal essays, Maya Angelou describes her grandmother, who she called Mama. She writes, One of my earliest memories of Mama, of my grandmother, is a glimpse of a tall, cinnamon-colored woman with a deep, soft voice, standing thousands of feet up in the air on nothing visible. That incredible vision was a result of what my imagination would do. Each time, Mama drew herself up to her full six feet, clasped her hands behind her back, looked up into a distant sky and said, I will step out on the word of God. This little girl, overhearing her grandmother, straightened her body up and declare her faith in the word of God that gave her confidence to step out, allowed young Maya to imagine a cosmic vision of stepping out in faith. In the midst of our lives, we're called to be people who step out not because it's easy or the result is given, at least in the short term. We are people who believe that the end of the story is a good one. We believe in the triumph of God, in the triumph of love, that in all things we will be well and the world will be well. In the fullness of time, justice will prevail and love will prevail and all will be well. But we're not promised that tomorrow it's going to be good or easy or that it's not going to get harder before it gets easier. In this life, we're called to be courageous people, to step out in faith into uncertainty. As a sidebar, it seems especially lovely that this text comes up on this Sunday we celebrate as Claremont School of Theology Sunday, because Claremont School of Theology, as much as any institution I've been attached to, is a school that over and over steps out in faith into an uncertain what's ahead. And in in this moment, as they're leaving behind the campus in the city of Claremont to come take up residence here on our campus, the school is not without danger. It has given up a significant campus, and that asset they could not sell for as much as they hoped, but they've ventured out in faith, trusting that this vision for theological education for formation of leaders in our church and community for the sake of compassion, justice and belonging that it matters, that it's worth doing and that it can succeed because God will open a way forward for communities, for schools, for institutions that are tuned in to doing what matters. And, uh, A visible way, it looks like a significant giving up. That large campus for this lower level of Helms Hall is the primary location. But the school has changed so much. Theological education doesn't happen in physical classrooms as much as virtual classrooms. The requirements of going to seminary doesn't require that you uproot your life and move into a dorm to attend a particular room, but the wonders of technology accelerated by the reality of pandemic is that that can happen in spaces and ways I couldn't imagine when I was a student at Claremont 25 years ago. And this location allows the school to focus not on maintaining a property, but on doing the work of theological formation in an interfaith context, but rooted in our United Methodist tradition for the sake of compassion and what's the second one?: Justice, thank you. you're paying attention. Well done team. Compassion and justice and belonging. This is a moment of hopefulness, a moment of claimed faith for the school and uh, for us as their neighbors here in this place. It's a moment of stepping out for a congregation like ours to. Honor and acknowledge that this is a faithful use of our facility, and that by making this space available, we get to be a part, a part of what is happening as God moves on through the school, through our shared work together toward the love of God. We get to be people who step out in faith, whether it be out of a boat in the midst of danger or just out of our homes any day, to go about our lives, to share in the rhythms of each day, to participate in the work we do, our belonging in our schools, in our workplaces, and in our communities with our neighbors, as people committed to a vision of love that comes from God to us and that moves through us toward others. May we continue always to be people eager to be rescued, not so that we don't have a part to play, but so that we can continue to step out in faith to be a part of generations committed to the living out of our faith in the communities where we're located, in the lives that we have with hopefulness and assurance and promise. May it be so. Amen.